I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. I am your host, Yamoka Rodriguez, and I have a special guest today, Pradeep Sangha, and I'm very, very excited. But before we get started, I'm going to read his bio really quickly. So Pradeep Sangha is a widely known as the strategist for businessmen and teaches men how to become the complete man. His personal mission is to help men grow their businesses massively, increase their personal fulfillment in life, and improve their relationships with their wife and kids. He is the founder behind the movement of men becoming mindful alpha males, men who experience complete victory and have it all. As an award-winning author, entrepreneur, speaker, podcaster, business advisor, husband, and father, Pradeep knows exactly how tough it is when it comes to balance and successful business with a happy family. After studying and working with some of the most successful men around the globe, Pradeep shows men the neuroscience behind becoming limitless. I love loveless and I can't wait to talk to you. I mostly talk to women, so it's nice to have a man's perspective. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited for this conversation as well. Great. So what I'd like to know is tell me a little bit about what you do, what's your business about, and a little bit more about how you help these individuals become a complete man. Sure. Uh, so just a little bit of background my, about myself. I'm a husband. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a father. I got two little ones. And so I have businesses in different sectors. But the one that I'm most passionate about is our advisory business, which is helping other entrepreneurs. And so on a daily basis, I'm on calls, Zoom calls, in-person meetings with other entrepreneurs, executive teams in terms of helping them grow their business, improve their strategy, improve different aspects of the marketing, their operations, basically help them, their business perform better at a more optimal level and also as individuals. And the unique thing about our firm, which we developed an expertise in, and one of the few that actually focus on this is helping entrepreneurs on the personal side as well. So we saw a gap in the market when it comes to the advisory space, because you can go to an advisor or a consultant, they can help you in business, but they don't necessarily know how you're making decisions as a human being or as a person, how your mind works, how your belief systems work, and how you're dealing with stuff on the personal side, whether you're, you're having challenges in your marriage or as a parent or whatever it may be. So we combine the two because obviously your personal life impacts your business and your business impacts your personal life. And if you're trying to separate them, it doesn't work. That's essentially what we do on a day in and day out basis. And this really started from growing up in a family business myself. My parents were entrepreneurs. My dad, I saw him, basically him and my mom worked their butts off for my brother and I. They were immigrants. My brother and I were actually born in Canada. And we saw them basically 
in a lot of ways give up their own fulfillment for us as well as the business. And so my dad also struggled with alcoholism. And so I grew up seeing that side, which was challenging. And I was always questioning or wondering, how does a person who uh, sober is fantastic, but then drinks and becomes someone completely different? What drives him to do that? And then I started to study science and neuroscience and neuropsychology. And that's what led me on my path. So that's why we do what we do here. We have a specific niche in terms of working with men. 85% of our clients are men because we've done a lot of work with men. We've actually done a lot of research, scientific research and psychological research. And that gives us the expertise when we work with an entrepreneur, an executive leader or business leader, that we can help them on their belief systems, on the personal side, the motivation to drive and how we operate as men, which is different than women. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. So I always ask my uh, guests to talk a little bit about their childhood, but you kind of told me what drove you to do this. And that's always interesting to me specifically around how does, you know, what you do today connect with some part of your childhood that made you kind of want to be what you are now. And I also have done some neuro-linguistic studies and find it very, very interesting too. And I do think, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, I think that combination of personal life and work life, they both affect each other, right? They're not isolated. We can't isolate work. Like a lot of people say, well, when you come to the house, you have to leave everything behind. Well, that's really hard, right? It's like, you can't just compartmentalize all these little pieces. I think they're all kind of part of one. So I want to ask you before we get into a little bit more of, of you and understanding you is what is that difference that you see usually between men and women and how you kind of help men have a holistic or complete life? Yeah. So uh, in terms of our studies, we actually uh, have built our entire research team around this in terms of high performance. That's ultimately our area of focus. And with high performance comes, okay, how do you actually have a higher quality of life as well? Because there's no point in being high performing if you're not going to have a great quality of life. So I don't like to equate it to athletes because some athletes have a great quality of life. Some don't because they're so obsessed with their their craft that they don't have successful relationships or they're not there for their children. So what we've done is we've created an approach where someone is able to perform at their highest potential, but also have successful relationships and successful aspects of their life. So they actually are truly fulfilled. And so the research that we've done, we've worked with over 4,000 individuals. We've partnered up with over 17 different academic and research institutions in Canada and the US to really hone in on how people operate in the professional world, but also in the personal world. And so if we're taking a look at the differences between men and women, there are a number of differences, but the main point that I want to point out here is that a lot of people discount the differences and it's important not to discount them. For example, men can anywhere can have any times any more than 10 to 100 times more testosterone than women. So when we talk about drive or motivation or when we talk about sex drive or uh, you know those other things about why guys kind of you know that can be laser focused for example and just be obsessed with that well, testosterone has a lot to do with that. You know, there's a biological element that men and women operate on different hormones as well. And that has a big impact. There's a lot of studies that come out, especially when women have children, right? They're a lot more protective over the children. And 
There's some studies that show that women may have evolved not as just individuals, like men have evolved as separate entities, but they've evolved kind of as a unit with women, meaning that they've evolved with children in mind. And so they have a different mechanism. For example, women have a higher level of depression than men do. And that's biologically, it's been shown that it could be because they have to be aware of what's happening in the environment. They're always cautious because they have to protect their children. So these types of things have an impact on women. Men in general are more driven, for example, than women. And I'm not going to say women are less driven, but in general, in the professional world, men are more driven. And there's a reason for that biologically. Also, men can isolate themselves compared to women. Women are more communal. They will are more likely to share. Men, for example, are less likely to share. And research shows and, and studies there's a hypothesis that men don't like to show emotions because we've evolved that way. Because if we show emotions on our face, let's just say we're fearful. Well, then as we've evolved, for example, if we showed our fear to another, let's just say man who is coming into our territory, well, then automatically that man is more dominant than we are. So we're basically showing our fear and lack of status based on that. And that could mean that maybe our life is in danger. So not showing emotions to the degree that women show emotions is a part of men or male behavior as well. So these are little nuances in terms of when people say, well, why are guys like that? Or why are women like that? Well, there's distinct differences and there's benefits. There's also some challenges that happen, but it's about being able to understand that there are differences and that if you acknowledge those differences, you can actually use them and actually overcome some of these. Yeah, that's that's really, really interesting. When you were talking, it made me think that a lot of times men f seem more confident. And I guess because they're kind of hiding that exterior or that piece of like not being confident because of what you just said about, you know, not showing the other person. It's about a survival instinct. And women may seem a little less confident because they kind of put their emotions on, on their sleeves, right? So that might be a piece. I was just thinking about that. That's really, really interesting. And, and that all has to do with psychological pieces, right? If you think you're not going to achieve something, you will not achieve it. But if you believe you will, then you will achieve it. It's how we think is kind of where we get. My methodology is all based on psychology. And I use you, Carl Jung's um, archetypes to kind of uh, bring this to life. And you took the test, right? Just by talking to you a little bit, it doesn't surprise me that you're a magician. So I'm going to read the magician to you. And then you're going to tell me how you if you feel like this kind of matches you. And then I'm going to ask you to describe some of these words on the back more around what it means to you. Okay, so a magician sees the world as systems which is kind of what you do, and is attracted to things that help them change, transform, and heal. The motivation is change. The need is to transform. The fear is being undervalued. And the behaviors is inquires about the world around them, sees the world as systems, and achieves unbelievable feats. How does that sound? I would say I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you for the definition of these words. What does adaptive mean to you? Well, adaptive means to me is you're able to deal with change because this world is constantly evolving and changing. And so one of the things, the core parts of evolution or the universe is it's nothing remains constant or stagnant. Everything is changing. And then either we adapt to it, which means we evolve with it or we don't. And that goes for business and personal life as well. 
Exactly. Insightful. Insightful, I would say being able to have the information, the right data and the right information to be able to come up with some kind of a thought, to be able to deal with whatever you're dealing with, whether it's a question, whether it's a situation. Persuasive. Hmm, interesting. Persuasive, I think it's being able to influence someone. And essentially, if it's persuasive, my assumption would be whether it's the in the best interest of yourself or the best interest of someone else, it's being able to influence that person to act, change, or understand what you're trying to get across to them, whether it's information or it's an action that you want them to do or take action on. Okay, dynamic. I think for me, this can be taken in, in a couple of different ways. If we take a look at dynamic from a personal trait perspective or characteristic, it's someone that's able to command the room, someone that's able to stand out and be unique and different. From, a, I'm going to say, a general definition, I think dynamic has changed as well. I think it's very similar to being adaptive, is being able to change. And dynamic, I think, is more proactive than reactive. Yeah. And magnetic? Oh, it's being able to attract whether it's um, the things that you want, the experiences that you want, the people that you want in your life. Great. So let me ask you this. What is Pradeep's brand about? What is your personal brand? Now, this is specifically not about the people who you attract, but more about you as a person. Yeah, I would say the concept of the mindful alpha male is a core part of my personal brand, which alpha male um, if you take a look at the definition of alpha, it is being the creator. It's the beginning, right? It's the beginning. It's the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and it's it's the origin. So I'm a firm believer that I'm the origin of my life. I create my life based on my terms and the way I want it. If things aren't going my way, it's because there's something I need to do differently. And so the mindful aspect is being able to understand that my actions have ramifications. There's consequences. And there's a ripple effect. And this goes off the teachings of, in Buddhism, which is they talk about be mindful of your actions as if it's going to have a ripple effect throughout the universe and for generations to come. But also laugh at yourself as if it's actually going to make a difference. So there's a dichotomy there a little bit. So that's my brand. My brand is about taking charge. My brand is about being mindful. My brand is about contributing to other people, living up to my full potential and helping other people live up to their full potential. And ultimately, it's about living this life to the fullest, because in this form, as who I am, as Pradeep, in this world, whether my soul comes back in a different form or not, that's a different story. But I have this life once, and I have an opportunity to make the most of it and the best of it. I love it. So if I asked you, we talk about fame, right? It's so interesting. Some people find the word fame not very positive. Some people find it super positive. So let's think about fame as honorable, as, as something that is honorable, like Socrates felt that fame was. And if I asked you, what was your fame moment in this lifetime? What would you say it was? Or tell me a story about a fame moment that you had. That's a really interesting question. I would say when I relate to fame is the ability to have impact on other people. We have that on a daily basis, but if I'm able to take a look at personal things that hit me home at the most personally is with my children. So my moments of fame are always with my children because when my son comes up to me and says, dad, I want to be like you, that's my moment of fame. 
Or my daughter comes up to me and says, Dad, I love you because you love me and I know you love me. Like those are my moments of fame. If I'm taking a look at fame from a professional perspective, I think for me, fame has a positive side because it enables you to influence other people. My book, for example, being able to write that and getting emails on a daily basis to say, this has changed my life or this has impacted my life, both from men and women, because of female readers as well who want to understand men a little bit better. That is great. And I think most recently, I've also, I host a TV show called Mind Your Own Business here in Canada, which is for disabled entrepreneurs. And we showcase disabled entrepreneurs and the challenges that they face. And for me, that was massively enlightening because I was completely, I'd probably even say obnoxious in terms of what the challenges were that disabled individuals were facing and completely clueless. And this has raised my level of awareness. And so this TV show is for a great cause. And these people are truly inspiring. Uh, They have inspired me to such a degree where they're entrepreneurs and being an entrepreneur in itself can be tough. And then you add on these massive challenges like cerebral palsy or or being blind or blind and deaf or being in a wheelchair, being paraplegic. These are completely different levels of challenges and these individuals are getting through them and being successful in, in entrepreneurship. So that for me is, I would say most recently, the biggest element of fame that has touched me. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion-dollar brands, and has eight-plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. My stepson has disabilities and I always tell people that he chose me, right? And um, it's so true. And I don't know why, but my brother also has two children, one with cerebral palsy. So it's pretty amazing to me how people can overcome these things. And you're right, like entrepreneurship is not an easy road to take. But when you're kind of feel like it's your duty or you're feel like you're in the right place, obviously, that's great. And we do go through a lot of challenges, but I can't even imagine having a disability and going through that. It really gives you a whole different perspective on anything is possible. Right. So I love that. So if I asked you, what is your greatest fear? What would you say that is? My greatest fear by far is leaving my children too soon. So if I end up passing on and not being able to give them the insight and the teachings for them to, I'm going to say, be happy and healthy in life. I'm not saying that you know they won't be able to learn that on their own, but they're far more likely to do that when they have functional parents around. And so that is my biggest fear because although we are heading in many positive ways in our world, we're also facing some very challenging moments and some challenging trends 
socially as well. And I sometimes I fear for what the future will be like for my children. And I want to be able to prepare them at least until they're older teens, if I do kick the bucket. So that would be my biggest fear. Wow, that's really interesting. I, I was thinking about that just the other day, because my husband and I were talking about how these younger people, you know, they have a different way of thinking, right? And we were talking about critical thinking and maybe not enough critical thinking right now. But what I found interesting is I think it's all about how you bring up that child, right? Are you letting them think on their own? Are you letting them express their personality? Because a lot of times they don't have our personality, And I remember my parents trying to put their personality onto me and not letting me be who I wanted to be. And so I can see that the culture, all those pieces, you know, when you grow up, it kind of affects who you become. So I can see that in children. And and, and I'm very careful. Like I have a a nephew, he's, he's four, very careful on letting him be able to express himself and not say no to him when it comes to expressing his individuality. Now, if he does something, obviously, that isn't right, you have to say something, but it's about being able to express your individuality is so important to me. There's obviously we have social media and all these things. And, and I also wrote a book about utilizing, but I obviously I wrote it for an older generation, not the young, young ones, but still, it's so interesting to see how society evolves and and especially COVID, like it just completely changed our lives forever in many ways. And so it's like, how do you maneuver the future and how does that come? So let me ask you this. I'm going to go straight to that question and ask you, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, that's a really good question. So based on the plan that I have, and nothing goes as planned. <laughs> but I'll be traveling the world with my wife and maybe even my kids at that point in time. Well, um, one of our goals is more specifically me is to travel the world and set up more awareness in an organization when it comes to animal welfare. And so that's part of my goal. So in 10 years, we'll be traveling around to different countries and educating people and maybe even setting up this is a, the bigger part of our goal is setting up animal shelters and wildlife uh, centers and supporting them in terms of being able to preserve the beauty that we have in this world. Oh, I love that. You know, I just saw The Life of Pi in Broadway last weekend. And I loved the story, the way it was told and the animals and how he says something so profound. I don't know if you watched the movie or, or remember any of this, but he was telling the story and they're like, but that story doesn't seem real. Like, are you sure that the tiger and the, you know, that doesn't seem real. He said, okay, let me tell you the story with humans. So he went and told the story. And then he said to them, which one do you like better? (laughs) And they said, the one with the animals. And it's like, yeah, of course. And so I love that you're doing that. And the way that they brought the animals to life was so amazing. So I love it. I, I wouldn't like what you were saying before and, and where you see yourself, I would have put those two together, but that's pretty amazing. So let me ask you, tell me three lessons learned, whether they're professional or life lessons. I would say um, the three biggest lessons for me that have really shaped my life. The first one is 
not that I'm religious, but I grew up in a religious household and I do follow the principles and the morals of our religion, which is Sikhism. And my grandfather lived with us as well. My grandmother did as well. And they moved over from India. And my grandfather was a very spiritual man. That's why I talk about the mindfulness aspect, because he taught me mindfulness and meditation at a very young age, because my great grandfather was a spiritual teacher in India for 60 years. So it's kind of a part of our lineage. But one of the things that he taught me and part of our religion is the meaning of Sikhism is to be a disciple of, to be a learner. And so the whole principle is that life is all about learning. And I think we talk about this a lot. I think a lot of individuals talk about this, but that's something that I took to heart at a very young age. And that has led me in a very interesting direction where one of the core things that I tried to figure out was how do I learn? How do I actually learn better? How do I become an expert or professional learner? And I actually studied that at a very young age. And this is what we teach other people too, is how do you actually learn? How do you actually learn faster? How do you learn better? How do you retain information? How do you connect the dots? Uh, it's part of our core teachings as well. So that for me has had profound uh, impact on my life because I can learn things a lot faster than I'm going to say the average person because I learned the techniques and tactics for that. And that has allowed me to be able to excel in many different areas of my life. The second thing that my grandfather also taught me as well is people can take away this. I'm paraphrasing what he said. They can take away my accreditations. They can take away my house. They can take away my money. They could even take people away from my family because he experienced that. That's what he saw growing up in India. But he said, the one thing they can't take away from you is your values and your character. And so that stuck with me ever since I was a young man. Like I always go back to that. Not that I was always perfect in my character because I was a teen and I was a young adult man as well. So, you know, there's times where I probably did things that I probably shouldn't have. And then I came back to the path of having that character that I wanted. But that's something that's very important. That's, again, something that we work with men on is, and it's a core concept of being the complete man, is when you are completely aligned with who you are internally, then that's when the magic starts to happen, right? That's when the magician starts to come out. So those are two big things. And the other one is the power of emotions both from a psychological, a scientific perspective, a neuroscience perspective as well, emotions are such a, it's kind of like a slippery fish. If you get a good grasp, if you hold it too tight, it'll slip out. If you don't you know, hold it tight enough, it'll kind of fall through your fingers. It's really interesting how emotions work, but there's extreme power in emotions. And being able to harness emotions is something that I think every person needs to understand and be able to learn if you want to be extremely powerful in life. And this goes to scientific studies as well. There's a lot of studies done at Stanford in terms of the power of, of emotions. But essentially, emotions, I, some people disagree with me on, on this, but the quality of your, your emotions determines the quality of your life and the quality of your performance. And there's research that we have behind that as well. So if you can learn, and emotions are simply this, it's just um, information and energy. That's all they are. And I'm not going to downplay it, but I'm going to say if you break down the core of what emotions are, they are energy and they are also, they're forms of energy and they're information. Because anytime we have an emotion, it internally it is telling us something and there's an energy level to it. So if you're excited, you're going to have a higher energy level and it's telling you that something in your environment is there that you might be excited about. 
But if you're sad, you know, it's the opposite, but it's very similar. It's telling you something, it's telling you information, but your energy is at a certain level as well. Typically, when you're sad, your energy is a lot lower. So if you can harness this and understand how to empower yourself and switch from one emotion to the other, you become extremely powerful in life. And that's something, again, that I learned through meditation, mindfulness practices, and teach other individuals as well. Because the moment you can go from being sad to being, let's just say, joyful, because you have complete control over that. And not like you're psychotic, right? Because some people might say, you're, you know, you're a psycho if you're, you're doing that. You're schizophrenic. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about being able to identify that you're in a moment of sadness and being consciously being able to switch that over to joy and transfer that energy. That is extremely powerful and empowering. So that for me has been a huge lesson. Wow, that seems super powerful. You just made me think about I try to nowadays just really pay attention to my body and things that come up. And the other day I felt kind of anxious and I wasn't sure why. And I try to think like, okay, let me think about why am I feeling like this and, and try to answer why, you know, it wasn't like I'm going to try to stop feeling anxious, but it was more like trying to understand why these feelings came up. And once I kind of was able to do that, I was able to then transform that into a more optimistic sort of energy. But being able to be aware of where I was in that moment in time helped me get to the other side. And so now I'm really trying to be mindful, if you want to talk about it in those words, mindful of the things that we might just dismiss or let's get over this. Like, why am I thinking like this? Or why am I feeling this way? More like trying to understand those things that come up in your life and trying to see if it's trying to tell you something too. Like, are you trying to tell me something? Just asking the universe, this is like, are you telling me something right now? But anyway, I find what you just said now made me think of that and how to harness that power in these feelings and emotions that at many times we don't want to really feel. That's very, very fascinating. So let me ask you this. Where can people find you? Where do you like to hang out socially? Yeah, if we're talking about digitally social, LinkedIn is probably the best platform. We are active on Instagram as well. But LinkedIn is my favorite place to hang out. That's great. Well, Pretty, thank you so much for being on the Brand Therapist podcast. Thank you for being with us. We'd love to see you in in the future and see where you're at and all the great things that you want to do in this world. And so thank you. Thank you. And we hope that you have an amazing, incredible life. Thank you. And I really appreciate the conversation. Great questions. and, And I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or BespokeBranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to BespokeBranding.io and click on Brand Quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.